Some of the greatest relationships I've developed over the years have been through hard, hard negotiations, right? And so, like, you always run the risk when you do stuff right of losing deals because some of the things that you have to go through to do it right are hard for people to accept. Welcome to the Sales Prescription Podcast with Ron Halbert and Rusty Jensen. You know, there's all kinds of problems that can prevent you from being successful, both personally and professionally. And we are here to write you some highly effective and broad spectrum sales prescriptions. And all you have to do is fill them. You know, this is going to be a great day. We have one of these round table sessions, Ron. We kind of pick up some uh, random salespeople from around the office, like Tony Blake. <laughs> uh, here again. But we also have uh, have Chad Rawlings, who actually flew in to see us here at Conga, to meet with us and talk to us. And we really appreciate you being here, Chad. Welcome. Oh, it's a pleasure. Appreciate that. And Chad is one of those people that you can just learn from, right? Somebody who, who's been in sales for a long time, has a ton of experience, great networking expertise, great presentation skills, et cetera. I mean, you've been in sales for 20, how many years? About 24 years. 24 years. Awesome. So that's longer than some people that are listening have been live. <laughs> Especially the- oh boy, making me feel old right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good to have you here. And one of the things that I always advise people as we talk to our salespeople, as we talk to different leaders is that you can learn from everyone and you should. As you're interacting with people, as you talk to executives, as you talk to managers, as you talk to peers, as you talk to people who even work for you, there is always something you can learn from everyone. People are amazing. And Chad's one of those amazing people that from 24 years in sales and networking and kind of the expertise you build, I'm, I'm sure there's a thing or two you can teach us all, right? And I think particularly around building relationships, you've got this magnetic attraction toward this idea of building great relationships in sales. And there's this cliche we always hear in sales, which is it's all about relationships. It's true. And the funny thing is about this, Rusty, is I've known Chad for three years now. Um, He originally prospected into me to sell a sales engagement tool three years ago. Mm -hmm. And we were... (laughs) Uh, we were in contract and whatever else we ended up not even buying from him. And we've still remained friends over the course of the last three years. And I think, you know, for you, Chad, it's, I think it's all about keeping that relationship alive over a long period of time. And I hear all the time from sales reps that say, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. You know, if it's not an active opportunity, I don't want anything to do with it. And you haven't approached it with that mentality. How do you, how do you approach building those relationships and keeping them alive? How do you find time and organize your life so that you can make that happen? Oh, I appreciate you asking that. And, you know, during the course of my career, I, I had a great father growing up who taught me the value of relationships. And so did my mother. And so I, that translated over into what I do because you learn to care about people and every job I've ever had regardless of what the title was, people always ask me, what do you do for a living, Chad? And I get to tell them this one answer all the time. I get to change people's lives for a living. Mm. And I and I buy into that. I've trained my brain to understand that so that no matter what solution I'm offering, it's going to change somebody's life. And so that's a person on the other end of that call. And they have families. And so I look at all the people that are working diligently in every company and say, how can I help these people have a better quality of life. And so that's how I approach how I try to talk to people and, and build the relationships. My wife always said jokingly, she said, I know why you, you have fun at sales and are successful is because you date your clients. 
And, <laughs> okay. and, and so she, she laughs and she's watched me for a few years and, and, and started making that joke with me. And so anyway, that's, that's kind of the approach I take is it's really important to, to love people and serve them and find a way to help them and care about them. And so when you do that, you just naturally want, that's why you and I have a relationship today, even though you didn't invest initially with what we did talk about, we're here today because of that. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to be here. So, so Chad, so when did you and Ron start dating? <laughs> uh, it, it all started over, uh, over Indian food. That's we right. met at this like Indian food restaurant all the time. So that's I'm awesome. pretty sure my wife thinks I date many of the people I'm working with as well. So I'm always out of the house. But I think it's, it's such a great observation though. And the things you're talking about is when you look at someone on the other side of the, the table, or you're talking to them on the other side of the phone, you're interacting with somebody, you're, you're literally, I can see the passion. I can feel yeah, it. I, I think, was thinking that same thing. You know, you can feel that passion. Totally. Right? You know, it's crazy. My, my dad used to always tell me that sales is the greatest profession in the world. Right. And I used to always associate that growing up with like car, used car salesman with like chains. And I'm like, what is he talking about? But this, like when you hear this, that's what he's talking about, right? That's that's how you connect the greatest profession in the world. It's to like people that are passionate about what did you say? Changing like changing, you're changing people's lives. People's lives. Yep. Like it is and the greatest. You profe- are. You, it's the greatest profession in the world when you put it in that way. If you're selling something worthwhile, totally. and you're working with a company that's that's worthwhile, and if you and if you do it right, and you know one of the things that I have that I, that I always try to talk to people about like the number one fundamental when it comes to building great relationships when you're selling is to do it right the first time. And I kind of use this analogy because like, I don't know about you guys, but I was in construction as like a laborer before I ever got into sales, right? I was terrible at it and not very like physically fit or healthy. So it was a great motivation for me to like get a job where, where I could like sit down and use my, my one talent, which is talking too much. But when I was in construction, one of the things I used to see is that people would take shortcuts. So they would go in and, you know, do remodels. You know, this is like in 2003, five, I'm going to flip a house. I'm going to do a remodel and we don't have time to pull up the linoleum in the bathroom. You know, that sheet vinyl. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to pull that up. So we're just going to slap tile right on top of it. And then we're just going to, you know, paint over this without actually cleaning up the wall and making it nice. Like, you know, those shortcuts. And I've seen in sales, people do the same thing, Chad. Like people have shortcuts that they take where they will just try to get a deal done and they'll sacrifice maybe a relationship or or they'll sacrifice something because they're like, look, I just need to get this deal done for this quarter. And in your world, as we were having a conversation a couple of days ago, we were, we were kind of discussing some of these topics. You told me about how you keep score with customers and, and in sales. And some people keep score by this, is how much money I made. This is how many deals I closed. This is how many monsters I drank today. Well, that's me, but they, they keep score in different 12, ways. 12 monsters 12 today. And a half. We're, we're about a half. Um, but how do you, how do you keep score? And, and Chad, before you answer that, I, let, let me, cause I heard this story over dinner tonight and I've been around salespeople for 20 years and never once have I heard this way of keeping score. And so I think it's worthwhile for people that are in sales listening to really stop, turn off the lawnmower, do whatever you're doing and just stop for a minute. Cause I think this is like solid, solid advice when it comes to keeping score. Oh, it's kind of you to say, and I appreciate you guys asking the question. So I, about 
20 some years ago when I started in sales, I started keeping track, ironically, of something that I thought was really important to me. And that is when you're in it to change people's lives, I don't want to just sell you today. I want to help change the life and, and perpetuate that relationship for as long as possible, you know, per, for perpetuity, as long as we're breathing. Right. And what I found is I started keeping track of not the deals that I sold, but I only have one number that I've kept track of my whole career. And that's mm. this. In fact, there's a great movie, uh, the guardian and, um, in that Kevin Costner, uh, is the, is a great, uh, uh, life, uh, guard for the coast guard and he has Aston Kutcher is his co-partner in the in the in crime there and 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 at the end of the movie right before he cast Ashton asks him what's your number I want to know how many you saved and Ashton says or, or Kevin Costner says to him I don't know how many I saved but I know how many I lost I, my number is 11. Wow and I and I was like I thought that was ironic when I saw the movie because I'd already been keeping track of how many customers do I get to keep after I sell them? Not not the fact that I've made money there, but are they still with me with the promises and the value that I shared with them that we could use to help change their life? And so up to that point, um, you know, uh, about six years ago, I had had, um, you know, only six in my career wow. that I'd lost. And, and I was really proud of that number. And then, and then unfortunately, you know, I, I was, I had to leave the firm once that, um, that the, the situation just went bad and it was unfortunate that the, the tool was not getting delivery to the customers and it really caused a problem. And I lost six more in that one six month period of time. And Jeez. that really, that really bothered me. I was actually guys, I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> I got anxiety for the first time in my life. I think that was, I was like, I was like, I can't handle this. Wow. Cause I don't, it's just ingrained in me to help change people's lives. And that, that was what happened. So I started keeping track of that and I've kept track of it ever since. Um, that's the number that really tells my story is how many have I lost that I sold while I was still gainfully employed with that company. And, and it's very, the, the number has been small compared to the number of years that I've been in the business selling. You know, it's, it's crazy. Cause I don't think, I'm sure you don't do it for this reason, but the cool thing about doing things the right way and making sure that your customer's happy after you sell the product, which by the way, a lot of the sales guys I know, they they don't care. Yeah. They don't care after after the contract signed, after they get their their commission check, there's not much thought or care that goes into what happens post signature. Um, but the sales reps that do care the sales reps that ensure that everything is handled appropriately, that the customer's happy, there are actually some long-term positive effects to, to making sure that happens. And I don't know, I'm sure that that's not why Chad wants happy customers, but just doing things the right way, not taking the shortcuts, making sure that people are taken care of, it's going to return in multiple more dollar signs. But you know what yeah, else too? Like I, I've said this before, but when you do the right thing, deals are usually harder. Like it's it's not easy to close deals the way that you're talking about. And so it's like a I've lot said more work. Yeah. And I've said this before, some of the greatest relationships I've developed over the years have been through hard, hard negotiations. Right. And so like you always run the risk when you do stuff right of losing deals because some of the things that you have to go through to do it right are hard for people to accept. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I used to sell door-to-door pest control. Everybody's heard that before, but there was a there was a guy that we knew that, that would just outright <clears throat> lie to people on the doors to close deals, and it, it was frustrating for a lot of people that he would outsell. Like they knew that he wasn't doing things the right way, and he would he would outsell a lot of people. Um, but it, what what happens to him the second time he knocks on that door? Oh yeah. Uh, it, it might be good for door to door because you're not going to knock that door again. But let me tell you something. If you want a 25 or 30 or 40 year career in sales like Chad, successful career in sales, you're going to knock that door again. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're going to. You know, chances are you live in a specific territory where you're selling. You go sell a different product or for whatever else. You're going to end up knocking that door again. And I guarantee they remember it's a small world when you're selling technology, right? And no matter what you sell, it's a small world. These these days of social media, true. you get burned, you know? So you gotta be really careful. And overall, uh, one thing that I, you know, you guys know me, I'm all about the pipeline. I, and that's what keeps me going is building pipeline for an organization. Pipeline is oxygen. Pipeline is, is the oxygen. Amen. It is. That I live Bill by. Robinson says. That's right. It's that's oxygen. Right. So, Walk me through this, because I thought this was an interesting statistic, Chad. Because of the relationships build, how much of your pipeline build for a new organization comes from your existing relationships that already happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Um, we actually have, um, what I keep track of right now, and I look at my active pipeline that's beyond evaluation and into negotiation and, and the stages there, uh, about half of the uh, companies that I'm currently working with are people that I've talked to in the past and built relationships with from the past because, and it's, it's been, I've always found it's easy when you invest in those relationships at one company, why would you leave and go to another one and not continue to perpetuate that relationship? Not just for selfish reasons, but you get to go change your life again and maybe in a different way. And that, mm-hmm. to me, that's fun. I get, I, I love the the quotes and I'm, I apologize. I forget who said it, but if you focus on helping enough people get what they want, the rest takes care of itself. Mm. And that's something that um, I bought into a long time ago uh, as a philosophy at the core of who I am and what I try to do. Think, I mean, think about this for a second. Like if you're new in your sales career, 24 years, I mean, he, you bring a ton of value to companies because of your relationships, but you've also, I mean, you've also put yourself in a position where you will always have a job because of the relationships you've built. Like you bring a ton of value to companies, but because you can go build pipeline through relationships that you've built over 24 years, you can go anywhere you want, right? Like you've got endless amounts of opportunities throughout your career. Well, that's kind of pretty cool. It's the, the fact of the matter is if you want to know why companies are willing to pay sales reps as much as surgeons, you know, there's people out there like operating on, on humans and saving lives literally. Mm -hmm. And we have multiple salespeople in our company that make more than them that are selling software. Sales surgeons. You know, it's sales surgeons, right? But the reality is, is it's what you're worth to the organization. That's what you're worth. You're bringing Chad, in his case, is bringing 25 years of relationships to the organization where he works. That's that's worth a lot of money to the organization. That's the value you build for yourself by doing things the right way. It's very powerful. Well, especially when you talk about something like, 
you know, saving lives as important as saving lives. And we don't all sell things that are as important as saving lives. But if you're a salesperson, go to conga.com <laughs> and you'll find out why. <laughs> um, that's great. But, you know, I, I actually have a, a question for you, Chad. Okay. Which is, you know, we talk about this idea of it's all about relationships. And sometimes we think of that in terms of building relationships as golfing together. We think of that as buying lunch. We think of that as, as donuts in the morning and, you know, keep in touch and handwritten cards. But like at the end of the day, what I've found is it's a lot about how you execute and how you work to protect your customers. So walk us through how you do this linearly. So as you build a relationship with someone and as you get into a sales cycle, what do you do to protect your relationship as you go through sales? As you get into implementation, as you get into services, what do you do to protect that relationship and make sure that you deliver and that it's going to come out the other side of, I would say, a trying experience often. You know, somebody's going to take a risk to buy and change their world. And what do you do to ensure that they come out a better customer and a better relationship after? Yeah, no, I- yeah, this is a great and excellent point that you're bringing up. So here's the thing that I'll love to share with you about it. Um, it has a lot to do with, actually with the company I work with too as well, But and I'll get into that in just a second. But most importantly is every quarter, I think it's really important that the salesperson, myself, I want to perpetuate that relationship and I want to continue it and protect it. So I make sure that every quarter I do a QBR with that customer. How are we doing with what I told you we were going to help you with? Mm-hmm. Where are we at? And then I work on the process of every month checking in for a five minute call, 10 minute call, checking in on them, letting them know I'm still there, that I care. That's the whole purpose of that call. I want mm-hmm. them to know I care about their success. And the, there's four things that I think are really just paramount and invaluable in the process from the word go. And that is creating those experiences right from the word go. And that's where it comes into what I do with Guide CX is, you know, making sure that the implementation that happens is smooth. It's transitioned from the sales process right into the effective, most uh, important way to, to meet those needs within the implementation process, create those experiences so that the belief, that cognitive closure that customers want to have from their salesperson they're like, hey, salesperson sold me this. I want to be able to make sure this is happening. Am I getting the value from this? So now I'm creating that belief at, through this a process that we run with my company. Mm-hmm. And then the, the playbook that we run after that also enables that, that action to be taken by the customer. And then ultimately we get the results. And, you know, churn in this world is a $136 billion problem in the U.S. alone, according to Forbes magazine and the mm-hmm. study they did. Mm-hmm. And so... It's a big deal. And so yeah, when, you, when you when you do things right as a salesperson, no matter what you're doing to be, uh, with, on an implementation, it's so important that you stay connected. You gotta make sure those people know you care. You're not, you're in the battle with them, not just, hey, here's the flag, look at my flag, buy my flag so you can wave it and then leave and get on your horse and drive away and r- right away. That's not what this is about for me. It's about caring about them and helping them. So that way they have consistent follow-up from me as long as I'm with the company. That way they know who Chad Rawlings is and what I'm about. And that's that's really what I do to protect 
that relationship and help them uh, maximize whatever it is they're they're trying to accomplish. Some, I think some of the stuff I've been sold before, the only discussion of implementation was cost. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, here's our tool. It's super cool. And I get excited about the tool. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great. I'm excited to buy this tool. And uh, when it comes to the discussion of implementation, the only discussion I get from the sales rep is how much implementation costs. And then it's, and then it's, let me introduce you to the CSM. Never hear from him. You know, I'm not saying that's always the case, but I've had that experience a couple of times. Yeah. A lot of organizations structure it that way. So it's for some people that are, you know, you felt like you've been left high and dry, you know, they do structure it that way where they'll actually say, look, I want the sales team focusing on selling and closing. And then the implementation and customer success team will take over after. And there's a good chance you work in an organization like that. Many companies are that way. But I think the, the, the message here is that when you go and you actually build a fantastic relationship with an organization, you sell them correctly without taking shortcuts. You help them through that implementation process, like what you were, you were saying, and kind of going through and checking with them on a regular basis. And then you fight and defend them long term. That is going to come back and pay off. So it is, yes, going above and beyond the call of duty. But but I can tell you this, if it's 50% of your pipeline creation at your next company, is it worth it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's worth it. It's crazy. Yep. It's amazing, right? And and so that's that's a very powerful thing from a relationship standpoint. Now, in terms of, I think that's actually kind of fascinating because, you know, Ron, you've known Chad for a long time, right? And we've had, we've had conversations for years. Um, yeah, I do have to admit, it's one of those situations where, Chad, you've worked to kind of get to know me over time and... And I never respond typically because <laughs> I think we're building a list of those people. I've known Rusty like, for 20 years and he only responds to me about 25% of the time. I need to so. check. I need to check my email. Maybe Chad's in my inbox for the last yeah. two years. Please <laughs> nobody ask my wife how often I respond. Now, now, Rusty, just think about this. I never gave up on you, have I? You haven't. That's you right. haven't. That's, That's awesome. Right. And it's, it's funny because I know you. I just don't reply back. <laughs> so. But so, but I so feel like everybody, we have a everybody trying to sell us something. Now you know the process. Get to know me for three years, <laughs> and after three years, you'll really get to know Rusty. That's, that's funny, awesome. you know. So that's um, good. That's really cool. So, but uh, but actually, what I think is actually fascinating is you've been doing it for a long time. Now you're actually in a company at Guide CX where you where you're basically selling that experience. Like you you are you are selling the processes and the mechanisms that are required to help companies to be successful in their implementations and in their long-term relationships. So give us some ideas and some best practices from like a guide CX perspective or from, from your perspective on what companies should be doing to provide a great experience from an implementation perspective. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, so one of the best practices I think that's really important is is whatever tool you're using, right, to implement and onboard somebody, make sure that the customer has full transparency and, and that you can actually manage the customer's engagement during the process. Hmm. That's a key differentiator. There's a lot of project management tools that are on the market that do wonderful things for a lot of various different reasons, especially internally for managing projects. But when you're doing things face-to-face with customers and their onboarding implementation process is at stake, that's one of the best practices you can do is is secure a a tool that will allow you the full visibility and the customer and be able to manage their engagement 
during the project. That's where the magic starts to happen. And that's where you see your reduction in time to value will we'll go between one third and a half when you're doing that. But a lot of companies don't take the time to say, well, what is my experience that I'm giving the customer? How are we maximizing their opportunity and what can we do better? And, mm-hmm. and if you're not putting the customer hat on enough in your discussions internally, that's where, um, you know, the rubber kind of falls off the wheel, so to speak. And so that's a, those are some best practices. I think that are really important is making sure the transparency is happens. And then also the, uh, the, uh, the automation is another factor, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you can do to automate reminders and visibility and forecasting end dates and things like that. So that are, that are dynamic. Those are also things that are good best practices in, in doing those kind of things to help the customer. So that's the thing too, is I, um, you know, over time, I think one of the things salespeople can just dread. I mean, I remember there was a time where I had, you know, basically about half uh, as a sales rep, basically like half of my, of my bookings number fell off in cancellations from a couple of deals. And I remember how that felt. Mm. And I, I was actually blindsided because I was one of those bad reps who just sell a deal and you know run and sell something else. <laughs> um, I was young and irresponsible. But I remember the feeling of like losing like so much of, of my, my bookings in my quarter and the struggle it was to just get through that quarter. And how hard it was to actually hit that number, just the pain of it. And also having to go back and, and focus and try to, you know, do what I thought was other people's jobs, right? To try to fix that relationship. And what I didn't get at the time is that it was always my job. That when my customers that I sold started to lose engagement, I mean, you have to think about this as a salesperson. You are the perfect person to help get your customer reengaged. Because you're the one who got them engaged in the first place. There's something about the way that you interact and, and work with these relationships where you can actually make a difference when they start to fall off. So when you talk about being able to track when 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 engagement begins to fall, so whether or not as a salesperson you have a tool that tells you, or whether or not you're in touch with your with your all your people in the implementation process, when you start losing momentum and your customers begin to, to start to disengage. Salespeople can absolutely get back in, re-engage, save the deal, improve the relationship, provide value, and actually help your company and yourself and your relationships long-term. You're the perfect person to do it. And there's a time when that can be done post-sell, and there's a time when it can't be saved. And the trick is to engage and help to turn it around when there's something that can be done. Yep. You know, one thing that I love about what you just brought up that I'll just bring up real quickly is even if your company, like you mentioned earlier, if your company doesn't have the motion to really want you to go and talk to the customer like you're doing, like I was saying I do, Mm -hmm. here's what you do. Make sure you find out with your CSMs, when's the call so I can jump on there with you? Because just the fact that you're on the call gives you a much better advantage when that set deal goes south, like you just mentioned, to re-engage with them. They know you've cared to show up and invest time in them. And without ever saying a word, you just said a thousand words by just showing up. And that's a massive thing for the relationship. And, and, and you and you do this even when there's nothing left to sell. Correct. And, and there's probably some comfort that your customer feels when they see your name and your face jump on a call, even if you don't say something, Right. There's probably comfort and they're probably a little more cautious how they act and speak with you there. I guess that's a great point. I'll just say, you know, to kind of finish this up and and 
more than anything, you have to consider the long-term effect of doing things the right way. And obviously, you know, just going through implementation, that's not the only thing you do the right way, right? Don't, don't try not to sell futures, try not to, try not to lead people down a path of disappointment. You know what your company's capable of, leave it in that realm, right? And I promise you, that's how you're going to get return. I mean, I'll tell one last story. I, I bought LinkedIn Sales Navigator probably 10 years ago from a gal named Dina Wierminski. And I, I remember Dina. Yeah. I don't care what she's selling or what company she's at. If she wants a discovery call with me in a meeting, she's getting it hundred percent. I, I don't care. Um, if I can help her get into a company, I'm helping her. Like the experience that you give to your customer is long, <clears throat> long lasting. I'm not going to name names, but there are some people that are the exact opposite. If I even know they work for the company, I won't buy from that company. That's the power you have. <laughs> so remember that. It can be a full new episode. It's so a full I, new episode. Right? So, so I'm looking at you right now, Ron. Who is that person for me? Don't don't say it out loud. I know who it is. You have you know someone? who it is. I know who it is. Oh, oh yes. boy. No, no, there's somebody. There's a sales rep. <laughs> wow. Like I remember his name well. Really? We do. We do not get along. He, I don't get along with him. I think he thinks he gets along with me. Oh man, it was. Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. But I'm just telling you that, like, <laughs> not only is, am I not ever going to take a call from that person, but when a company hires that person, I think less of the whole company. Oof! Like, mm. it's not just the person anymore; it's the whole company. Ouch! And that's not the reputation you want no. in in the world. So think mm. about what you're doing from a sales this perspective. Is, we can make dark. we can make some great money really dark right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an awesome it's career. Good. You can make some great money, but it's it's also really light. It's, it's light and it's dark, right? Like you yes. can you can bring your organization down, you can lift them up, but the choice is up to you. You know, the choice is yours at Chuckarama. Yeah. Here we awesome. are. <laughs> go with the go with the steak and taters. That's right. And they have a great reputation. So that's good. So speaking of reputation, Chad, how do people get a hold of you? Like how would they how would they find you? Would they find you on LinkedIn? Do they find like how would they find you? Yeah, you know what? I'm I know that a lot, a lot of people will put their phone numbers on their LinkedIn profiles or cell phones, but I do. I put mine out there. Mine's on there. Um, I put my email Jeez. and I make sure that wow. people have full That's access awesome. to me anytime they want. I, in fact, what's, I love this part that you're bringing up here because I shift from email as quickly as I can in a, in a deal. I don't care if it's an SMB to an enterprise deal. I have shifted to where I'm now texting because think about the power of texting and how much people read those and engage mm. them versus their emails. It's personal. And, and, and that's where my wife said to me, you date your clients. That's And she joked <laughs> around with me. And so I shift. That's one of my goals is I want to get texting with my customer and the, and the stakeholders as quickly as possible because then I'm actually engaging in a way that is more personal. I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. Tony, as always, great, great to see to you. Ronald World Habit the Third. I got a you. A pleasure. And we thank you everybody for listening to Sales Prescription and you can find us on LinkedIn. You can see us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you consume those podcasts and reach out to us. We're happy to help you. We're happy to consult with your company. We're happy to be able to provide some of the services that we have to help you guys to be successful. And at the end of the day, the best service we can provide is just sharing what we know and being able to bring people in who can share to help you to become successful because that's what we really care about. So we'll do all we can and we'll keep providing some great content for you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.